0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome into Crunch Time on a Monday. Matt Miguez here, here on the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The only two teams that didn't break our hearts this weekend. James Mesh, my producer, co-host, Saints aficionado. It's event session Monday. The Saints played poorly and lost. The Cajuns played poorly and lost. The Astros had a great weekend. LSU had a great weekend, and obviously we will we will celebrate them, but uh That Saints game, who are we going to spend a lot of time on that today? (laughs) I got got some thoughts to get out. There's a lot to unpack from that. Uh, So uh, if you've got thoughts that you want to get out, there's a reason we're calling it Event Session Monday. Hotline's wide open. 706-0111 here in Acadiana. You can also watch us on the simulcast at Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS fiber. All right, James, before we get into the bad and the ugly, let's start with the good. First of all, how was your experience in the Superdome yesterday? It was really interesting. Uh,
2: I, I would say when it came to even before getting there, oh, boy, that was wild. Oh, the traffic's no joke. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's no joke. And, I, and I've known this before because like just, just trying to drive in New Orleans on a Saints game day is tough. But for me, for for media, where you had to go... Uh, it, it's called Lot Four. It used to be Garage Six, and I was like, okay, well, if it was Garage Six, well, then I, I'd be chilling. Because as soon as I got there, it was right on my right. All I had to do was kind of get into the next lane over, and then I and then I'd be Gucci. But no, they're they're doing some renovations right now, and obviously with the new stuff on the inside, they're also kind of moving stuff around. The media we were in Lot Four, which for me is on the opposite side of Garage 6. So yeah. for, so for me, I had to get the first police officer and be like, hey, where, where do I go? <laughs> and he was like, okay, this, this is a doozy. You're going to have to pretty much go all the way around. So I did. I, and initially, I thought I, I thought I had hit the point where you would be turning right. No, I, I still hadn't passed the dome yet, so I kind of had to make a weird kind of U-turn-ish to get back onto the road. Yeah, and then, hey, was, and then you had to go by. You have to go by then, the Smoothie and King then, Center, and then I turned. I turned right, went through like that little underpass. Yeah, uh, where there's like I the, guess a hotel yeah, on the left side or a, there's whatever. There's a
1: hotel and a conference center right you, there.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I go through that. I eventually turn right again, and then I'm kind of you know moving my way through the Smoothie King Center. But before I make it to there, I'm like, hey, uh, where's lot four? I still haven't seen it yet.
1: Yeah, it's on the other side. Of the <laughs>
2: yes, I still. To, they're like, you got to keep going. Yep. So I keep going, and I'm like, I still don't see it. So I get another person. So I'm like, <laughs> 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 I, I finally, I get them, and I'm like, hey, I don't see it. And she's like,
3: oh, it's right there. It's then, right. There. But it just didn't
2: have the label right there because the entrance is is right. on the other side. So I had to turn right turn left and then have to make another turn left and get another officer to be like, hey, can you stop traffic right here so I can get in? So I can turn left in, into the into the car park and I, I finally got it. But then it was like, okay, well, how do I get in through the media side? And I had to get one guy and he's like, alright, so you're gonna have to go down the stairs. You're gonna have to walk past the gate. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's eventually on your it's right. It's complicated. I'm like, what?
1: Why it's, do, it's complicated. Why are you
2: giving me a, a math problem? Oh, <laughs> why are you giving me a calculus problem to, like... Why y'all making things complicated, New Orleans?
1: But hey, once you got in there, you got to rub some elbows. Oh,
2: dude, it was that was a blast. Let me tell you, fist bumping Deuce McAllister, highlight. Yeah, I, I'd imagine. Uh, saying what's up to GM Mickey Loomis and him, kind of sort of acknowledging me because I was kind
1: like, of sort of acknowledging you because it, it was
2: it was <laughs> it was loud at that point. So I was like, "What's up, Mick? How you doing, Mister Mister Mickey?" And it, like he was kind of delayed because it was loud, and he was like huh and he looks over so he that's what I mean by he kind of acknowledged me like he heard me and was like so I was like okay cool uh I mean it sounded like he was like
3: Ugh, go right. away
2: right Punk, why are you here I'm the gm what you doing no but that that, that was cool and then I see Zach Streef walk by me he was in the press box and then I see Scott Shanley and uh for scott i I don't know what I don't know what was up with me I was like are you doing Mr. Scott i'm I'm James mesh that was it. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. You, you, I, I got you nervous.
1: Formulate where you were from. No, or? I, I
2: couldn't do it. Even though we've had him on before, race had him on before. I, I just couldn't do it. But I was like, "How you?" I was like, "How you doing, Deuce?" And he didn't say anything. He just raised his arm out for a fist bump. Who am I to deny well, Deuce McAllister a fist bump? You know what I mean? I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't. Exactly. Exactly. And then I uh, finally got to have. Ross Jackson, who we have yeah. on all the time, and John J. Hendricks, uh, was able to finally introduce myself to them and they get to see me in person. That way it's finally like a, oh, there you go. Okay, now I now I know who I'm talking to whenever right. we whenever they call me to for cause they want to do a hit. And then uh got to meet someone very special that that I, I, I've known for, well, I haven't known him, but I've known of him for a while. ESPN insider uh Jeff Darlington. Yep. That that was awesome. I got to introduce myself to him, and he gave me his email. So maybe at some point, maybe during the off season, or if like there's some crazy stuff going on, maybe late, I could uh, I'm gonna contact him and see if we we can get him on as a guest.
1: Absolutely, that would be that would be fantastic. Um, all right. So that was the good. The bad was the game. Oh, oh God! You can you can say that again. You know, it's funny. I was uh. I was watching clips of one of my favorite TV shows of all time in scrubs. Big scrub guy. And um, there, was, there was a clip that perfectly encapsulated <laughs> my thoughts on the New Orleans Saints. Why do you hate me when I show you nothing but love? Why do you hate me when I show you nothing but love? Why do you hate me when I show you nothing but love? God, yesterday was brutal.
2: That was a that was a tough game to watch.
1: God, it hurt.
2: Cuz it cuz it felt like for me you're going to you're going to give your two cents on this in in a sec, but for me, it was just watching it like they're so close to greatness. Oh the yeah. The defense is playing amazing. Offensive line still needs help. Jameis is holding on to the ball a good bit, but I mean it's the same thing with Joe Burrow. It's like I mean they're they're trying to make a a play deep downfield and trying to get a trying to get a a good completion instead of them just tucking and running every single player, just throwing it away. Which like I, I can commend them for that. But it's like at a certain point you gotta get rid of it. But it was the fact that you threw like seven deep shots to Olave and it was like you're you're so close. Like if you just do it, you can break away and it, and it and it's very it's very simple to boil that down. They panicked. They got away from the run. They panicked. The run the run was looking good. You had you had Mark who had two two nice runs for first downs. Taysom Hill set him up in, in the red zone, and then the third and five they go for the pass and. James just misses Olave on the out route or the stick route or like the sit down in the zone between two defenders. Just missed him to extend the drive, kick a field goal, and then after that, it's kind of they just kind of went away. The Saints they took a deep shot and were like, "This could work."
1: The Saints' offense completely lacked identity, and it completely lacked rhythm. Yeah, there was no rhythm. They got nothing going. The first drive looked really good, looked great, but but then. But then like, after that like you just stopped. like you like you just said, right after that first drive where they found success, yeah, you got held to three, but you found success. You went away from it. They're like deep shot, deep shot. Why? Deep shot. I'm, and I'm sorry. Look, I'm not a Jameis hater. I love Jameis. Did he have a bad game yesterday? Absolutely. Yes. he was horrible. It was, it, it was an utter collapse. But why was he horrible? Because he should have never been on the field in the first place. Four fractures in your back. Are you kidding me? Oh well, we're just gonna put on a a, a nice little piece of padding there, and he'll be fine.
2: Well, De- Dennis Dennis and James had both mutually agreed, like, no, I I am playing.
1: Well, that's idiotic on both of their parts. Both of their parts. I
2: know. I know you said before this. I, I know you had said before the game because you had texted our group chat saying, I don't, I don't think he should be playing if it's four fractures. But it's like. We didn't know what he was going to look like until the game happened. If he was having good practices, if he, if he, and if he didn't look like he was struggling, why are you taking him out? If you're giving him padding to make sure like he doesn't take those hits to where the fractures are, I mean, what what signs are being like, oh, you have to take him out even though he's looked good so far in the practices throughout the week, and he hasn't shown any signs of like, oh, my God, we need to sit you down. He was limited all week. He was limited, but it's not like it was like a oh you 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 just can't not play you you just can't play.
1: The Saints' offense lacked identity because Jameis Winston played injured. That's my two cents. Andy Dalton's in that game. I think it's a different story.
2: We have a healthy quarterback versus an injured quarterback. Of Dude.
1: course, but th- but that's what I'm saying. J- Jameis almost you could basically say. James cost the team. And I I get the mentality of, look, I was hurt all last year. This is my job. I'm going to keep it blah blah blah. You are you earn, you also earn you
2: you earn even more respect. In the short term, when you're doing this early on, yeah, it looks terrible. But down the line, we've heard other we've heard former players talk about their former quarterbacks, you know, like Julian Edelman talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, because Jimmy decided, "Oh, I'm not going to play because I'm injured," and then they all lost respect for him. It's, well, like, that, it's that's crap. Well, it's well, it's like they're all battling injuries themselves, so it's like why would Jameis just okay, take take a, the time a, off? A, a, a nick and unless, a bruise. unless you just absolutely can't go out there. A, a nick and a bruise is one thing. We're talking about
1: fractured bones. Was he still able to throw the ball? Was he still able to move around? That doesn't matter. You gotta look at it long term. It's not one game. Cause um, what happens if he gets hit? Even with that padding, what happens if he gets pit, if he gets hit square in the back? One of those bones breaks, he's out for the year. And for what? For one game?
2: It's not like it's it's not like it's a throwaway game against some scrub I mean, opponent. I understand. This, this this could change the whole thing of you either making the playoffs. Or not down the line because you just... You and did. and
1: further proves my point as to why Jameis shouldn't have played. Well, either way, if you're going to lose, but you, you, you got to start your guy.
2: Not if he's hurt. Then why have anybody play if they're hurt? I don't care if you got fractures or not. If you're able to play and you're still able to function,
1: go out there. Okay, so and he,
2: and he wants to go out so there so anyway. It's so not you're like you're doing me, it
1: against his will. So you're telling me that you would rather 60% Jameis Winston over 100% Andy Dalton. He's
2: my starting quarterback, is he not? That doesn't matter.
1: It, it okay, so Trey Lance, uh huh. Trey Lance is 49ers starting quarterback. Yeah. Say he's got a sprained ankle, and it's bothering him. You telling me that you would rather play a hobbled Trey Lance than a completely healthy Jimmy Garoppolo? If he
2: if he's got if he's if he's running around and walking with a limp, with a clear limp, no, get him off the field. That's what I'm saying. Do I think the injury may have affected him a little bit? Sure, it, it absolutely affected him. But it's not like he was like, oh my back, I can't well, throw the ball
1: because Jameis isn't that dude. Jameis is never going to do that. That's what I'm saying. Dude, but that, you can, he can still play, can he not? But that's that's not the point. The point is, Dennis Allen should have said, Jameis, you're hurt. You have broken bones in your back. Let's be honest. Fra- fractured is just a nice way of saying, that there's a crack in the bone. His bone is broken. It's not completely broken, but it's broken. You have broken bones in your back. And we need you healthy for a playoff run. You're out. That's how that conversation should have went down. And it didn't. And now people are calling for Jameis Winston's head because he didn't play well while injured. Well, people are calling for his head no matter what. It's a a lose-lose situation. I don't, I don't think they'd be calling for his head if he didn't play yesterday. It's, I don't know. that. To me, the, the whole idea of Jameis Winston playing with fractures in his back, it's, that's just not good for the team. It's not. He wasn't healthy, he wasn't at his best, and it showed on the field. I don't care if he's the starting quarterback or not. If Drew Brees had broken bones in his back, I'd want him sitting on the bench too. You're just not 100%. You need a guy that's willing to, that that can go at 100%. And then again, you have to look long-term. I would rather James Winston be as healthy as could be in the playoffs rather than 60% Sixty percent in week two. I mean, he just—he wasn't right, and it was evident on the field. Let's go to the hotline seven zero six zero one one one. Jay, what's up?
4: Are you going to analyze the game, or are you just going to talk about Jameis? Because you said I'm here talking about they could not move the ball. I didn't, I didn't hear—I didn't hear you mention anything about the uh, Ingram fumble, which they was driving. They were driving down the field, uh, getting the ball down there, then they fumbled not taking away anything from Winston, but let's, let's look at this whole game. Look at, let's, let's look at the whole aspect. So us here talking talk about Winston, what he cost the Saints. Because that was the case, Dennis Allen cost the Saints again because he should have been playing in the I, first place.
1: I That's agree. Case. It, 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 so,
4: it's, don't, don't, so don't sit up here and blame him. I'm, He's not making that decision. Jay, of course the
1: players don't want to play. Jay, it's 4-18. It, it's we still have two hours. We're we we, we ju- we're just getting started, bud.
4: No, nah, I'm just saying, though, don't sit here and talk about oh, it wasn't moving the ball, this and that, when Ingram
2: clearly fumbled the
5: ball. And I'm going to, so to get to Ingram, and
1: I'm
2: going to get to that this throughout line. the game. There's a lot to unfold. We're just oh, okay. currently yeah, talking but, about well, Jameis.
6: Well, I, I want to hear. Y'all have a good one. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, Mar- Mark Ingram's fumble was the turning point of the game. No question about it. We're also, we can also
2: talk about all the all the flags that didn't make a lot of sense. Well. We can talk about the offensive line. The offensive we talk line was horrible. We, we, we can talk about – Tom Brady. I mean, there's a lot to unfold. I mean, the, it's the only offense, 419.
1: The, the offensive line was terrible; they were bad.
2: We're hitting. We're hitting on the big point of the game where Jameis was injured and, then, and he didn't play
1: well. And then here's here's. I know Alvin Kamara didn't play yesterday, but uh, talking about the offensive line, it just brings up a point for me and, and players getting injured. Because w- 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 it, it correlates back to the Cajuns with Chris Smith, Chris Smith and Alvin Kamara, very similar players. Have a very similar style of playing. They should not be north-south runners. Neither one of them, Kamara should not be running between the tackles more than, you know, six, seven times a game. Kamara needs to be out in the open flat, using his agility and making plays. But anyways, back to the Ingram thing. That's two weeks in a row now that Ingram fumbled. I don't know what's going on but he's he's got to figure out a way to take better care of the football. He may he may just have to do
2: the old school oh yeah I got I got Absolutely. I got I got both arms over the football because you know how that's, you that's usually only, do with an initial handoff. That's the only way you're stopping the peanut punch. And and you see some tight ends who know they're not very good at securing and they're they know they're not going to put a move on a linebacker or a safety or whatever. They just yep. they just took and like I'll take the hit, and you're eventually gonna tackle me, but right. you're not getting the fu- you're, not you're not making me football. fumble.
1: Yeah. So that was that was bad. Um, the Alave fumble. I, I think it's crap that that was even a fumble, but I, I get the rule. One of the one of the bigger things that we have yet to touch on, and we're gonna have to take a timeout, so we'll have to touch on it in the next segment is the. Marshawn Lattimore, Mike Evans scenario, uh, which we'll get to right after this phone call here on the hotline. Wyatt, what's up? Hello? Yeah. What you got?
5: What's up, y'all?
1: What's going on, man? What you got?
5: just talking
4: about Jameis. I don't think he's that guy for us, man.
1: Why do you feel that way?
4: I don't think he could win games
6: for us long term.
1: Mm, I mean I, I, I disagree. Um as as the Saint Starter he's six and three.
6: Okay, this, yeah this, I,
4: and I'm not a I'm not a Jameis hater. I love Jameis but you know what I'm saying?
1: No, I get I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. Jesus.
6: I don't
1: know, man. No, nah, I feel you, man. I appreciate the call. All right, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't agree with that. again, Jameis is six and three is a starter in, in New Orleans. Um Now, is is Jameis the long term answer? I'm not sure. But As of right now, I mean, he's the best option we've got, so you you ride with that. But we'll take a timeout right here. We'll talk more Saints and the Cajuns and the LSU Tigers after this timeout right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: The NFL's second week
1: of the season wraps up tonight with Monday Night Football. Catch Jordan Jefferson and the Minnesota Vikings take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Pre-game's at 7, kickoff is at 7.30, and you can listen to all the action right here on The Game, 103.7 Lafayette, and one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, quickly now, let's go to the hotline. Martin, what's up, bud?
3: I wouldn't rather a healthy Dak Prescott to tell you the truth. I heard y'all discussion about having a healthy, uh, a healthy. Um, Jamie Yeah. Hab- yeah having. Or, ha- having... Would, but, yeah, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't rather a healthy Dak Prescott and do some junk. But, uh, uh that'll make your decision a little easier, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm loving, I'm loving all these Saints fans. I knew it was coming uh crying this afternoon i knew it was coming because i mean look at the week before the league is all about tom brady tom brady tom brady tom brady and they would do anything in their power to cheat for the man i mean they had the game before when they were playing my cowboys they had a ball that clearly hit the ground before the right receiver caught it did the, did the referees call it incomplete pass? no Absolutely not. And then they had a, a, some, a, a few other questionable calls. I mean, that's why I barely watch the NFL. When I do, I just get upset because stuff like this happens, just like the incident with that happened with, with uh, the, the Brawl, with the Saints and the Buccaneers this weekend. No, I
1: don't, mean, don't even.
3: We got to get into that. All, Tom Brady. You know, I mean, he, he's the one that started everything because he's a crybaby, you know? But main reason I called is, okay, I've been kind of waiting off on this because I wanted to let it play out. What has Keyshawn Booty ever done, and I'm not an LSU fan, but what has he ever done to deserve wearing a number seven? He ain't done uh, uh, anything this season. okay. And if I was LSU fans right now, I'd be worshiping the feet of Malik Neighbors because if it wasn't for him, LSU doesn't win that game this past weekend. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: No, I agree.
3: I mean, but that number seven, I'm not an LSU fan, but I know it holds a lot of tradition behind it. And he ain't shown me nothing. I mean, he had a few good games last season. And your point, does he deserve to wear the number seven? No, absolutely
2: not. Okay, so... it's it's for, it's pretty much reserved for the best playmaker on the team. And so the supposed best playmaker on the team has 10 catches on
1: the season for 93 yards. Okay. But yeah. well, well, hold on. Hold on. The number seven was given to him based on his performances in the last two years, which read as follows. In 2021, he had 38 catches for 509 yards and nine touchdowns. The year before, he had 45 catches for 735 yards and five touchdowns.
3: Okay, and what did he do? What did he do? Because he had he wasn't getting the ball thrown to him in the Florida State game. He, he went and he threw a big old temper tantrum. I mean, is that what a leader does? No, absolutely not. Is that what a number seven does for the LSU Tigers? Absolutely not. You know, I, he ain't show me nothing. Of course, I, this is coming from an Alabama fan, but uh, I just wanted to throw that out there because I was watching. I watch LSU games, and I was like, and this guy's wearing the number seven. He ain't done nothing. And then he, he goes down and, and after the game and, and takes down everything mentioned in LSU. You think that man deserves to wear a number seven? I don't think so.
2: Well, he did, well, the most he, of he, the wide receiver room did that
3: to he, get rid of yeah, any distractions. M- m-
1: Malik neighbors included.
3: Right, right. Now, the last thing I want to touch on, uh, I talked uh, to Matt about it yesterday. Now, granted, it's only one game, all right? But I am a huge, 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 probably one of the hugest. Uh, Tua supporters out there. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that he had the game he did yesterday. And I knew if you put a supporting cast around this man, and you get him some wide receiver help, he will ball. And that's exactly what he did. Six touchdowns, and could darn near 500 yards. Now, I want to put all the, the talk to rest that he's a garbage quarterback. Gar- garbage quarterbacks don't do that, okay? Now, I don't know what happened with the Jets game, but I seen Joe Flacco had a stroke of uh, ten years in the past in him yesterday because I seen he threw for three hundred yards. But I don't know what happened there. They were playing the Browns, but anyway. Uh, but Tua is an elite quarterback, and he 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 proved hmm. all of that yesterday. You know, Ooh, and Martin
1: Martin, that's a stretch, bud. That's a stretch.
3: I, he, he is an elite quarterback.
1: That's a stretch. Because
3: if he was if he was a garbage quarterback, he wouldn't have put up the numbers. Oh,
1: now, I'm, I'm not going to say he's garbage, but he's not elite. A blind horse
2: finds water every once in a while. <laughs>
3: well, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, what other back what back other to, the, but, what
2: other game than Baltimore yesterday has he had an extraordinary game since he's been in the NFL and since his injury before he before he, he, he went before he played injured, LSU?
3: He's never been 100, percent and he hadn't had not the wide receiver help that he has in Waddle and. Uh Tyree Q wha- Watch mean, watch, how spend, now. Watch, mean, how watch how he spins
2: how he spins the ball. Watch how he spins the ball. It looks like a floating lollipop float floating cloud in the air every time. It it's it's not a precision pass. He's got it track he, he's got he's track stars done, on his team it? and he's playing against a Baltimore defense who haven't really they didn't play pretty much all preseason. They're still trying to get used to each other. That's the whole thing about the first few weeks nowadays. It, they don't well, start to gel together until we're about the midway season because they haven't played together they got some practices oh, this, in okay but cool i mean you saw joe oh, burrow dice him up for almost 5 yards twice last year they got names but it's not like they're year. doing this great is a whole
3: new year and he's healthy
2: and they got the sa- uh-huh. they got most of the same secondary hey,
3: they're still I kind say of is overrated all found the buffalo bills in the super bowl just yet because I think this Miami team can be scary good. I mean they two and for a reason. And I'm a, but uh I'm glad my boy finally had a good game. I'm always gonna have his back. And I mean the guys as humble as they come. And uh you, you can't tell me as a Saints fan you wouldn't take two in a heartbeat. You can't tell me that.
2: Well what are my other choices? Over what
3: you, well, Jameis Winston. I still take James Over Jameis.
2: I still take Jameis uh,
6: Oh. Uh, I, okay. I
3: don't cool. But uh but that's all I had to pretty much say. Uh don't sleep on the Dolphins. I mean, I know my I mean the Cowboys, I mean they showed me a little bit yesterday. But I'm still not convinced that Cooper Rush is the the answer. I mean, make the playoffs and win a playoff game then then I might I might might be kind of convinced. But as far as what happened yesterday, okay, they caught the, they they caught the Cincinnati Bengals on a bad day. Big deal. But y'all have a good one, and I'm still going to say it like this, we them girls. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for taking my call, buddy.
1: Appreciate you, Martin. The world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is back in the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles wants to hook you up with tickets. Lasso a family four-pack to the Sunday October 2nd show and all you got to do is text the word rodeo to 337-283-8100 rodeo to 283-8100 for a family four pack of tickets to the Angola prison rodeo courtesy of the game 1037 Lafayette one zero four one Lake Charles take time out Wilson Alexander joins us for Tiger Talk next right here on the game.
6: Johnson throws, Boutte's got it wide open at the 10,
1: far side, he's in for the score, hit high, hammered to left field,
6: going back, taking a look, is Holcomb, and it's
0: good! Time to talk all things Bayou Bengals with the advocates, Wilson Alexander. Here is Tiger Talk on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh.
1: Wilson, what's going on, bud? How are you?
0: I'm doing well. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing well, man. Thanks
1: for asking. Talking about the Tigers, you know, this is going to be the first positive thing we touch on in today's show. Um, huge win on Saturday night over Mississippi State. However, we, we can't really forget how sloppy the first half was.
5: No, we can't. You know, it, it, first of all, though, it was a good win. Like, an LSU fans should feel good about this win. This was a uh, Mississippi State team that was favored in Baton Rouge. Um, it had deserved and sort of earned that right to be favored. It seemed like that program was further long, and to come out with a 15 point win was impressive. Um, but yeah, no, at the beginning of the game, offensively in particular, and also on special teams for really the whole game on special teams, but in the first half offensively, it was a rough watch. Um, this, you know, LSU took a while to get going, finally got some tempo, um, and, and really caught a break in the fourth quarter with the muff punt to sort of, you know retake the lead and and then they had put together a couple of good drives but you know it it was another game we saw this in the season opener as well where it took a really long time to get going on offense.
1: Jaden Daniels was was impressive um Saturday night 22 of 37 210 yards he also added 93 yards and a touchdown on the ground Uh, especially in the second half Wilson it just kind of looked like Jaden Daniels was able to make plays and get things done for the Tigers What, what were your thoughts on his performance?
5: He played pretty well in the second half. There were still some missed throws. I mean some, some uh incompletions that just were that he just missed. He was inaccurate. There, there was also a there was a it seems like there might have been a little bit of a miscommunication, but there was a time when Malik Neighbors was open in the end zone and he didn't hit that throw. Also, you know, having to settle for a field goal there early in the second half. Um Brian Kelly said after the game, the league Neighbors might have been running the wrong route, so maybe that, that's the reason for that. But he ended up making the plays when he when else he needed them. And when you come away with a win, I guess that's what's ultimately most important for for that night. You know, long term, yeah, he's got to continue to improve. Uh, you know, Brian Kelly spoke on it today, how you know they've got to continue to work with him on getting through his progressions and sometimes just making the throws. But at the same time, that rushing ability is so dynamic that you don't want to. Sort of negate that and restrict him in a, to such a degree that, that he doesn't use it when it's there. Um, so, you know, he, he played well, though, and, and made the plays when he needed them, needed them uh, especially at the end and in the second half.
1: Looking at the running game for LSU, I mean, Jay Daniels, we've talked about at 93 yards on the ground. You also add in Armani Goodwin, Josh Williams, and, and really the return of John Emory Jr. John Emory looked physical, he looked like, you know, the, the, the kid that LSU recruited a, cu- a couple years ago. Um, the, the one thing that stood out to me about the running game is that they really just kept their foot on the gas pedal and put the game away in the fourth quarter. What did you see?
5: Similar to, to what you said, um, they struggled to get the running game going in the first half. I mean, they struggled to get anything going offensively in the first half. There were some procedural penalties that kind of played into that. They just couldn't get their rhythm and their timing together. Um, but the second half they played pretty well um, on the offensive line, and that really opened up the running lanes. Um Brian Kelly said today our run efficiency was much better when we needed to run the football. We were able to do that to close out the football game. So... You know, it wasn't. It was still like the majority of your offense, in terms of running, was from Jaden Daniels. But you know, Armani had that great forty-seven-yard score to really kind of seal things at the end. I mean, that was that was a really good run burst up the middle. You saw his explosiveness, his his speed. They used Emory, you know, twenty-five times. uh, He was on, you know, he was on the field, and um, you know, he was he was still clearly knocking off some rust. But he ended up with the most touches out of any of the running backs. Looked pretty good catching the ball out of the backfield, and so it'll be interesting and important to see. Uh, just what LSU kind of does with that running back group I moving mean, forward? It's going to be still be a committee, um, but if they can get that group going, uh, it'll maybe you know take a little bit off of Jaden and, and help just open up this offense even more because they want to be physical at the line of scrimmage and be able to run the football.
1: Malik Neighbors, we kind of talked about him a second ago. Another player that really showed up in a big way, especially down the stretch, that that fourth down conversion with, with Jane Daniels and Malik Neighbors might have been. The, the play of the game. What were your thoughts on Neighbors?
5: Neighbors had a great game. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Brian Kelly said this after the game is that the teams are, and he had said this before, but the teams, you know, bracket or, um, you know, kind of double Kayshawn uh, Booty. And so that opens things up for Malik. And uh, he's taken advantage of that. I mean, especially in that game. You know, Kayshawn in that on that on that fourth and three in particular. Um, I think the Mississippi State had a, another defensive back sort of shaded to Kayshawn's side, and LSU sort of drew up a play that got Malik open. Uh, you know, just or gave him one on one man coverage in the slot, and he went up and made a great catch. and And he was so clutch on that entire drive. It's great to see because we saw him in the preseason be really really good, and you see the potential was all there. He had that kind of tough opener in the. You know, against Florida State, just with the muffed punts, and but he, you know, is played quite well on offense uh, the last few weeks, and is clearly their number two receiver. Um, and he'll only continue to get better.
1: Chat with Wilson Alexander here for Tiger Talk. Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, Wilson Jay Ward was outstanding, career high eleven tackles, an interception. Harold Perkins and B.J. Ojolari showed up as well. Ojolari and Jay Ward both getting SEC honors this week. You know, talk about the defense as a whole. What what did you see against Mississippi State?
5: They were phenomenal. I mean, I came away so impressed by what they did. Matt House's defensive plan was creative and, um, you know, used some exotic sort of blitz packages at times. Sometimes you, like, overload one side and, you know, they would kind of look like they were in, like, a one-high safety look and then instantly at the snap, Drop into two, uh, you know, sort of like half field zones, and then, um, or other times you think they were going to be in cover two, and then they were in one high safety when and, and Jay Ward was flying down into making tackles at the line of scrimmage. Uh, the, the defensive plan was, was great and well executed. I mean, especially in the second half, it seemed like Will Rogers just did not know what was happening in front of him because he was mixing things up and disguising everything so well. Um, and the blitz packages were getting pressure and, and getting home, and, and especially which helped against a quarterback who was, you know, mobile like Jordan Travis was before he stayed in the opener. Um, so that, to, and also just to see them get off the field on third down was really encouraging after struggling with, to do that. Jay Ward, like you said, that, I mean, a huge piece of that. He had a great game. He was making all these tackles at the line of scrimmage on the edges. And that was preventing Mississippi State from sort of getting the ball out to their running backs, um, you know, in these little dump-off patterns and, and getting them onto the edges. Uh, which then forced them into third downs and had to throw long, which is something Brian Kelly said they weren't really doing this year, and so it disrupted everything that Mississippi State wanted to do offensively.
1: You talked about Brian Kelly, and, and in his post game press conference, he said that you know this team just wants to be a better team in November. You know, improve every week, be a better team down the backstretch. Do you feel that they that they are on their way to doing that?
5: We'll see. You know, one SEC game. You know, you, you don't want to make too many. I think conclusions as to how they're going to play a month and uh, I mean over a month from now. You know, almost a month and a half from now um, in November. But that has been the mo. of Brian Kelly's teams in the past is that they have played well in November. He, he has a good record in that month, and, that, and that's a good sign of you know a team that continues to prove throughout the year. A team that's well conditioned, that's strong. Um, you know, and gets better late in the season when other teams start to wilt. You know, if, if the second half of this game could be any indicator, then, then you'd feel pretty encouraged because he thought, and you could see it on the field that LSU began to control things in the second half, especially at the line of scrimmage. You know, Mississippi State, though, is a really solid team, and so this was a great win. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of games left to be played and a lot of time until we get to November. Um, so probably jury's still out, but you got to feel a little bit optimistic about. LSU's ability to improve over the course of the year, which is really what you wanted to see in Brian Kelly's first season,
1: and then to piggyback off of that, the O line, you know, started two true freshmen, two sophomores as well. You know, a lot of inexperience. This was the third different offensive line combination that Brian Kelly put out there, and you know, from my perspective in the press box, I thought they played pretty well. What were your thoughts?
5: They did play well. This was probably the best. This was the best game we've seen from LSU's offensive line so far, especially because, you know, even though they played pretty well against Southern, you just have to consider the opponent there. And honestly, I thought they looked better than they even did against Southern, despite, like you said, having two true freshman tackles for the first time since at least 1985, if not ever. Um, That's just kind of how far the the records go back on that. Um, And, and, you know, another new combination. Um, it, It was apparent in the first half there was some kind of Procedural stuff that they were, that was a, maybe a product of having another off, different offensive line, but Emory Jones and Will Campbell played great at tackle. Um, they wore down Mississippi State at the end just enough to, to be able to help Armani break off that run and, and run the ball when they needed to at the very end to close it out. Um, I thought they did also did a really just a good job in pass protection. I mean, Jaden Daniels um, had more time than he probably has at all this season. Um, they played quite well uh, in this game. I'd be interested to see kind of you know what their grades are and that kind of stuff but just from the eye test they seem to play probably their best game of the year.
1: Wilson Alexander of The Advocate joining us here for Tiger Talk LSU returns to Tiger Stadium next Saturday to take on New Mexico with a 6 30 kickoff Wilson once again really appreciate you taking the time man each and every week and uh, we'll do it again next Monday.
5: Sounds good y'all have a good one.
0: Tune in next week for another edition of Tiger Talk. Here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
1: Time is running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live in person. Register in the Game Rewards Club to win four tickets to see the Astros take on Tampa Bay next Saturday. And we'll even throw in a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. This is the last Astros weekend giveaway of the regular season, and they are powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian Houston Downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Fifty-two minutes after the hour, we spent a lot of time talking about the Saints. I don't think we're quite done. Uh, we're going to talk about the Cajuns because that was fun, and then we will we will praise the LSU Tigers for their great performance in in Death Valley the other night, winning thirty-one to sixteen over Mississippi State. Uh, Malik Neighbors, I mean. Phenomenal. Jane Daniels was really good and Jay Ward was that dude. Jay Ward was that dude. James. So you know, going back to the Saints a little bit here. Now the Saints are are one and one. Carolina next week. And then you go across the pond. You know, I don't want to look too far down the road, but let's look at the next two weeks. You go to Carolina, and then you go across the pond.
2: Which Carolina, they're 0 2, but at the same time, Jameis' career, it's not a good record He's when not he plays good against the Carolina.
1: He's not. So here's my question When they're on that plane coming back from London, what's their record deemed to be?
2: Needs to be at worst two and two, at worst because if it's one and three, I'm not calling know. for Jameis, but I mean something. So there's something got to happen, and I, I know I talk I talk about how you need time to gel. It, it's going to be tough because at that at that point you're going to have to accelerate that process. Look, you're going to have to change something up about how you prepare for the game because. Whether it's Pete Carmichael or Dennis Allen,
1: the play calling was atrocious, or the
2: or or the offensive line getting better because, or or even actually getting some production out of the tight end room. You need something.
1: The play the play calling for the Saints yesterday was bad.
2: It wasn't good. It looked you you had a good foundation with that running game, and then and you, you stopped. Went away from it. I, I I see what you were trying to do. You you saw that they had a hole, and that Chris Olave was was eating their lunch when he was doing deep routes, whether it was a post or just any sort of deep shot, I get it. I get it. It's like, look, oh, it's it's there. It's like, we're about to hit it. We're about to hit it. If we hit it, it's going to be a big play and it'll, right. le- it'll either lead to a score on that play or it's going to lead to, at worst, a scoring drive. But it, you, fi- you finally get it, but it, it's in the fourth quarter when you're already down and, here's,
1: and then you fumble on it. And here's my thing with the deep shot. Look, the first time you do it, it doesn't work. Okay, miscommunication, Jameis overthrows them slightly. Okay, cool. Whatever. If it's there again, go for it again. After two or three times where you either either overthrow it or miscommunicate or whatever the case may be, as a play caller and hell, as a quarterback, either one of you has to sit there and go, All right, this ain't working. L- let's go back to what's working. You have to make that adjustment.
2: Here Here's my thing. You get these kinks out now. You get your overthrows and underthrows when you're trying to figure out Olave's speed or you're trying to maybe figure yourself out because you're injured. I, I need you to get these out now because it's going to come down to the last few weeks of the season and you have some tough opponents. Deshaun's finally going to be back from his suspension. You're gonna to have to go to Philly for the umpteenth year in a row. It's the third year in a row. And you, and I know, but and I, you never
1: play well there either.
2: And you never play well. You're also gonna have a couple of games, like just to end the season, that it's gonna come down to. So if you're gonna if you're gonna have this miscommunication, and you're gonna have struggles, I need you to get it done now before you host Atlanta, go to Cleveland, go to Philly, and then finish off with Carolina. Those last four, you need to be at worst three and four, because looking at this you team mean three right, and one. three and one, three. You need to win three out of four, because when we get to the end of the season, oh yeah, it's it's going to be a dog fight. And if if you're going to have hiccups, you need to have the hiccups now, and you can't have. I'd rather you have the hiccup against the Vikings than the Panthers, because what it boils down to is division record to start off.
1: Oh you you can't start 0 and 2 in the division.
2: Well, you're 1 and 1 right now.
1: Oh yeah, you beat Atlanta. That's but true. you
2: can't start off 1 and 2 when you right. start your first 3 games of the season as yeah. you need to be 2 and 1.
1: I mean, that loss yesterday is, is going to cripple you down the stretch.
2: That's going to play a big factor, which means
1: the one at Tampa needs to be a must win. Yeah, now now you hope that Tampa coughs it up somewhere else. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two, we're going to talk Cajuns, and James and I will give you our biggest overreactions. Right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: The Vint Session continues. It's hour number two of Crunch Time right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt guys, James Mesh, 502 on your Monday. Phone line wide open for the rest of the show, 706-0111 if you want to get in. Talking about the Saints, talking about LSU, talking about the Cajuns, talking about McNeese as well, falling to Alcorn State in their home opener of the season 30-19 to 19. But before we get to McNeese and LSU. Well, let's let's do the Cajuns. And I'm going to start with this. I tried to tell you. I said weeks ago, and James, I'm I'm going to have you turn your mic on. You can vouch for me here. I said that this Cajuns team was going to take a step back.
2: Yeah, I did too. But you had you had their projected record higher than I did. That's
1: that's fair. I had them at eight and four.
2: I had I said I said seven and five felt more realistic.
1: You lost to Rice thirty three to twenty one, okay, which, you know, it is what it is. Rice is a better team than people give them credit for, and they they showed it Saturday. Here's here's the issues. Here here's where I have the issues. Two stats stick out to me. Third down efficiency. Okay? You gotta have third downs. You have to be 50% or better on third down. Either that or just don't have a whole lot of third downs. Move the ball. But anyways, third down efficiency. Rice was 9 for 15. Solid. Respectable. You were 60% on third down. Cajuns? Try 3 for 11. 11. That's bad.
2: You're not going to win games that way. That's
1: bad. Okay, so that's one. Here's the other one. Turnovers. Cage only turned the ball over one time. Chandler Fields threw an interception. Rice's quarterback threw three picks. One of them returned for a touchdown. How were you plus two in the turnover margin? And still lost. By two scores. That that right there doesn't sit well with me. That shows me that the Cajuns' offense has bigger issues than a lot of people anticipated. And now, keep in mind, for, for anyone listening, I say what I say about the Cajuns because I mean I'm I'm, a, I'm the Cajuns guy like I'm at every game I cover them inside and out and I respect the hell out of this program they were bad Saturday night and they know that you listen to Michael Desermo Saturday night after the game or even today They know that they were bad. I mean, James, you you, you look at it. Michael Desermo, I mean, he he started the press conference off after the game Saturday night. He takes full responsibility for the loss.
3: You know, tonight... It certainly is disappointing to say the least. You know, it, it falls on me. I, I didn't I didn't do a very good job. I didn't have our guys in a good plan to go out there and go win. So I, I've gotta I've gotta look in the mirror. I gotta go back to work and we gotta we gotta fix the things we need to fix, including starting faster on offense. You know, you can't leave the defense out there the entire game. It just doesn't work that way. We gotta execute better, you know, when we're not running the ball effectively. I, I need to Need to open it up and throw it a little bit more sooner and and let our guys play. You know, at the end of the day, my job is to have them ready to go out there and go compete and that that wasn't it right there. That certainly wasn't good enough. And you know, if if you got a point of finger, it's certainly mine. It's at me.
1: So here's here here's my thing. The the thing that stuck out was the offense has got to start faster. And he's right. The last two weeks the offense has come out very flat, very slow. Granted, against Eastern Michigan, you erupted for thirty five unanswered points in the second half. Against Rice, you you, you didn't. And, again, I'm going to credit the Cajun's defense. They played well. You got three turnovers. You rattled their quarterback. The problem is, is that you couldn't stop a wide receiver with the last name McCaffrey. Go figure. In case you didn't know, wide receiver Luke McCaffrey is the younger brother of Christian McCaffrey. But at the end of the day, the offense lacked an identity. Kevin Foote wrote a whole article about it, and it's fantastic. The Cajuns lack an offensive identity. The offensive line is young and inexperienced. Running backs behind Chris Smith, very unproven. Wide receivers are great, but there's no consistency with a quarterback. Now look, I love both Chandler Fields and Ben Woolrich. I think they're both incredible athletes. I think they're both incredible human beings. You gotta pick one. You have to. We, you can't keep doing this every third series. The guy's gonna play. Your, your wide receivers and your quarterbacks can't get a chemistry, can't get a rhythm down that way. That's not how that works. I mean, again, it's been said by many coaches for years, if you play two quarterbacks, you really don't have any. And that surely showed Saturday night when both quarterbacks combined for, you ready for it? 114 yards. Both quarterbacks combined for 114 yards. And again, combined, didn't complete 50% of their passes. Together, they were 13 or 28. They averaged 4.1 yards per reception. That's not good. Now, I'm, I'm not going to knock on them for too long because you know, everybody has a bad game. LSU had theirs. The Saints had theirs. Now it was the Cages turn. Like, it, it is what it is. But... Uh, again, I, I I said it from the jump. And then look around the Sun Belt. Look at App State and Troy. James, what did I say in August? I said Troy was going to be scary. I said Troy was going to give the Cajuns a run for their money in the West. If it wasn't for a last-second freak Hail Mary, Troy would have beaten App State. After App State hosted game day. I mean, and then South Alabama. Granted, they got to learn how to finish ball games, but they flew out to Cali, played in the Rose Bowl against UCLA, and should have won the game.
2: Why do you think I, Why do you think we've been talking about how the Sun
1: Belt? You can't keep sleeping on them. I've 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 said it for months now. The Cajuns aren't gonna breeze through the West like they have. It's not going to happen, especially not with the amount of talent that you've lost. I hate to say this. I don't know that I'd be surprised if they don't win the division. I mean, if you slip up against a South or a Troy and they don't slip up, then what? I wouldn't count out Arkansas State either. And they're not great. The Cajuns should beat them. But granted, Cajuns should have beat Rice. They were an 11-point favorite. Vegas lost some money on that one. Yikes.
2: They put the wrong minus 11.5 on the wrong team. I mean, I don't know. It just looked so flat. Because here's my thing. You... You talked about how anyone behind Chris Smith running the ball, not not that good. They're they're not Montreal Johnson or Imani Bailey or Elijah Mitchell or <laughs> Trey Regus or Ragus, Raymond Kaley or, Ray or like
1: Elijah McGuire.
2: No, no one no one has stepped up to be a nice compliment piece. No, not, so the, not the, yet.
1: The running back the running game has looked piss poor. I mean, Kabodi had a pretty good game. He had five carries for thirty three yards, including he had a twenty yard run, but he got injured. And according to Michael Desermo today, he could be out for a little while. They they've they're already listing him as doubtful for Saturday at Monroe, so he could be out for a bit.
2: And and here's the thing with the receivers as well. No one's no one stepped up to be that that dominant guy. It feels like no. And, I mean, and you got away with that last year because you had really good running backs to to make up for it. And, yep. you had, and you had Levi Lewis, who was another running option as well. Michael
1: Michael Jefferson's had a good year.
2: Um, but has
1: he become that true,
2: he consistent hasn't, he guy? He hasn't
1: separated himself, no. That's
2: what I'm saying. Nobody separated themselves as those
1: two top three guys.
2: I, I see another name every week where it's like, I know that
1: name, through, but I don't see it every week. Through three games, Jefferson has 12 catches for 154 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he's, he's been he's been solid. He's averaging 13 yards a catch, but but your top guy right. is averaging four catches. You're right he he's not he's not separating himself.
2: You need your top guy to have, at worst, on average, six. Yep. And you need your second guy to, on average, have five. But you see here, here's what here's what kind of here's what kind of bothers me. Like you need more you know you need more production and more consistent production out of your guys, and not just have it be a rotating carousel of well,
1: doors. Agreed. But over the last five years, Cajuns haven't thrown the ball a whole lot. And so but here's 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 my thing. But now you have to. If the passing's not there, okay, well then the production comes from the rushing game, right? But it's not coming from there. You didn't get production out of either group. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're more
2: susceptible now if you don't have a dominant guy that can consistently be an X factor on offense that could scare the defense because it's like, oh, well, you got 10 receivers and they're all solid, but none of them stand out. None of of them are going to beat us. And then the running game, it's like, okay, well, you just control Chris Smith. It's all you really need to do. And then here's
1: here's the other glaring
2: statistic. Like, that's what worries me about this offense.
1: Time of possession. Rice held the ball for 42 minutes.
2: I I was going to say... As soon as you said it started with a four, it was like that forty. That can't happen.
1: Minutes. They dominated the time of possession. I mean, Rice ran the ball forty-four times. They ran eighty plays. I mean, again, and then there, there's just so many glaring issues with this game and look it's one game and they're going to rebound I, I i know they will but oh that one hurt let's go back to the hotline 706-0111 Kent's calling in Kent what's up
6: hey guys how y'all doing doing well I heard a couple of things I heard you talking about the running back production you could have Alvin Kamara back there with the offensive line that wasn't blocking, you now get running back production in it's, that group.
0: That's very true. So I'm not
6: gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna point fingers at Kadobe or Williams or any of those guys until I see a hole. But I mean, Rice lived two yards in the backfield all night long. No running back could have done anything against them. That's so no, that's
1: very true. That's before, very true.
6: Yeah, you're, you're you're not gonna run the ball until you get better line play. And you talking about the receivers. I personally think they they just run too many in and out of there. Like for instance, your starting group had. On the first possession, four plays, five plays before they punt it, maybe barely enough to work up a start, working up a little lather, a little sweat. Okay, so they go off the field for defense. They go off the field the second possession because you got a second group in there. So it's really like thirty minutes before your your first group gets back in the game. You just can't get those guys aren't getting lathered up, and they're just not getting any any continuity with the quarterback. Yep, I think you need to to play your probably your starters more and rotate. Your second team and maybe after the third possession, you know. No, I, I they, agree with you. Just they, they're not giving them a chance to warm up. I, I they, agree
1: they with get
6: you. the flow of the game.
1: Yeah, the and then they're and then feet. the offensive line comment. I mean, that that's the next spot I was going. Um, yeah, yeah. It, that that's got to get fixed quickly.
6: Yeah, because no one no one's going to run the ball. I don't care who you're running back here. So no one's going to run the ball with, with with that group.
1: Yep. No 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 yeah. question okay, about guys. it. Hey, I really appreciate right, the call. You. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was talking about it with Raymond earlier. You know, you've got – you kind of got spoiled with the amount of offensive line production that you were putting out with guys like Robert Hunt and Kevin Dotson and Max Mitchell and Osiris Torrance, who's now at Florida, and whatever. But, man, the inexperience of this group, it's, it's troubling. To to say the least, let's go back to the hotline. Chris calling in. Chris, what's up?
7: Hey guys, good afternoon. Listen, I, I got a question for y'all and a couple of comments. If you if you if you be okay, what's the uh, consensus today that y'all hearing as far as Jameis Winston? Are people starting to want to see Andy Dalton in there? Or uh, what are y'all what are y'all hearing
1: uh, so far? Jameis is the guy. Well, well, according to
2: people like my dad, they they don't want to see Jameis to begin with. So I mean it, it depends on the person because it's either you love Jameis or you hate Jameis as a quarterback. So it, it kind of just depends on who you're talking to.
7: Right, right. People have different opinions. I'd like to I'd like to give mine. Go you ahead. know, Jameis is, is a very likable guy. Um he seemed like he really matured, especially off the field. Um I believe he is a family man. But I believe that and I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember bringing this up, but back when uh, we had Aaron Brooks and Jake DeLone,
6: mm-hmm. and
7: you had a, quarter, a quarterback that did that had an injury, and for some reason they wouldn't put in the other guy. I think my opinion, I, I believe this, that we, we, we put Jameis in. We play in a, a Carolina team next week, and uh, if we cannot muster up more than three points, in the first half, I think it's it's really it's really time to look at at giving Andy Dalton a chance. You gotta you gotta give the guy if, if you think he's gonna give you a better chance at putting up points. That's what you gotta do. That's what you you, you need to do for the for the organization. That's just my opinion, and, and I hope it gets better. Y'all have a great day. Thank you.
1: Appreciate you, Chris. You bench Jameis Winston because he's hurt. You're not He's not losing his starting job. He's injured. At the end of the day, he's injured. Sure, he looked good. Th- you know, obviously, he had some arm strength because he was able to overthrow Chris Lave half a dozen times. But here's my question what, what, what about what we don't see? How many steroid shots was he given in the locker room? How many, you know, muscle relaxers did he have to take or, or, or whatever? Let, let's face the fact the guy's got broken bones in his back. He's injured. And again, like I said earlier, I'd much rather have Jameis sit for six weeks now and heal than him play through an injury, hurt himself even more, and then you don't have him to make a playoff run. Because, James, you can't tell me that Andy, with the weapons that we have, Andy Dalton can't bring us to a... 3-3 Three and three record through six games.
2: It would maybe be three and three. It might
1: be two and four. But even two and four, would that be the worst thing?
2: You're now three and five halfway through the season, and and you get and at back. that point, you might be losing to Carolina. You'd be one and two into the division, and potentially, if that's the case, Carolina could be just just as easily there, and your third, fourth in the division, depending on how Atlanta does.
1: Okay, or you play Jameis Winston for another four weeks. He hurts his back even more. Has to have season-ending surgery, and you finish the season four and thirteen. Like you're up a creek without a paddle. Either way, so why not get your guy healthy? Because, I mean, again, we, we talk. James isn't right. He's not. And again, I'm not a Jameis hater. I love Jameis. I I think Jameis could be the starter for the Saints for a long time. But right now, he shouldn't be on the field. Let's go back to the hotline. Ellis, what's up, bud?
4: I agree with you 100%. Only, uh, you know, you were talking earlier about being hit in the back. He could be paralyzed if he has broken exactly. bones. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and he he may be overthrowing or underthrowing because the pain in his back.
7: That's you very. Know, I know that's that, very possible. I know they too. give him a
4: lot of stuff to uh, relieve the pain, but uh, you know,
6: sometimes uh, whatever they use doesn't work on certain people.
1: Yep. No, I I agree with you because. Um, Really and truly, again, I think Jameis is the guy. But when it comes down to it, if your injury is going to hinder your performance as the quarterback, that hinders the team.
4: Plus, hinder the rest of your life.
1: D- that and that too, absolutely.
4: righty. thank you.
1: Appreciate the call. I mean, dude, when it comes down to it, you got to make a decision for something bigger. Well, not not only big, bigger than yourself but for yourself. I mean, like the guy just said, he's got broken bones in his back. If he gets hit the right way, or, or really the wrong way, he may never walk again. Over what, a couple games? We're t- but w-
2: what we were talking about was yesterday. You see how he does. It obviously didn't work out. You You further evaluate, and it's like, look, if it's not looking any better, and it's like what we saw last week, if we see more of the same, then yeah, you're gonna have to go to Andy Dalton. But I'm not saying you start him until he absolutely dies on the field. No, I'm saying if he still is capable of playing and is able to play good enough, then you play him. But I'm not I'm not saying it, it, let him go out there hobbled and have him have a broken foot and and have broken bones in his back. Be, just because, if he's still able to do his job well enough, then you but, play him. But obviously, yes, I know, hindsight, twenty twenty. cool. It didn't look good. But what I'm saying is, if Jameis felt he was good, even though he was limited in practice, people can be limited in practice throughout, week, throughout the week. And then they can get to game day and feel good enough and have a good enough performance. Obviously, it didn't happen yesterday. But I'm, now but now you can look at it and be like, okay, well, now we need to further evaluate this. What is the best look for the team? I'm not saying you have to run him into the ground. I'm saying we test the waters. Obviously, it didn't look good, so now you can look in other directions. It's like, look, Jameis, if it's still not looking good,
1: we're going to have to look to Andy for a couple games until you can get right. But here, my, my, my issue is with, with Dennis Allen. I mean, yes, the player could have said, I feel good enough to go, but as the coach, you watch his warm-ups, you watch him in practice, granted in a limited capacity, but you still watch him. If he's not right, you have to make that call, hey, you can't play. But that's what I'm saying is he obviously didn't
2: show enough to be like, you're not right.
1: Or, or he did,
2: and Dennis Allen just wanted to play him. Well, we don't know. We weren't we're, we're not on the field. We're not we're not behind those closed doors.
1: The point is Jameis should have never been on the field yesterday. And he probably shouldn't be on the field Sunday against Carolina. Although he will be. And we'll do all of this again next Monday. The Game Clubhouse 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by joining the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. Sign up today take a time out and bring you more of our overreaction Monday right here on the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: The guys here in the game dugout love baseball. It was the game that was passed down to them by their fathers. Hey, Dad? You want to have a catch? them had such heartwarming moments. This guy threw at his own kid in a father's son game. Now back to more baseball talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back. Crunch time. 5.30 on your Monday. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, talking all things Saints, Cajuns, McNeese. LSU, all of it. Uh, Top stories quickly. Trey Lance out for the rest of the year. Two injuries to his ankle. So uh, keeping Jimmy G around might have been a good idea for the 49ers. Thursday night football tonight. Bills and Titans, as well as the Vikings and the Eagles. The Houston Astros also play tonight at 540, and you can hear that coming up in about 10 minutes. On News Talk ninety eight five, um, going back to the Saints game. Well, let's get to the let's get to the brawl. Mike Evans, Marshawn Lattimore, Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette—they were all in it. So th- this is how it happened. And James, you can chime in at any point because you got a different angle because you were there. The Saints stopped them on third down. And Tom Brady is walking off the field, jawing at somebody about something. He's jawing at the ref, saying that should have been pi. Okay, so he, so
2: so so he, so Marshawn was telling the coaches off because the coaches were also saying, well, you, "You you pull you've pulled him or whatever. It's right. like you, you you created a penalty, but they didn't call it." And, Marshawn's telling him off like, "No, I didn't. Shut up." And then Tom's complaining to the ref, saying, "He, he where's the flag? Where's the flag? I'm Tom Brady. Where's my flag?" So then Marshawn's like, "Shut up, Tom. I'm. I did my job fine. I didn't create a flag." So then Tom obviously is gonna go back at him because we saw what happened in the Super Bowl. Whenever he Tom played against the Chiefs, right? He 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 jawed at Tyrant, but. Lenny, I don't know where Lenny comes from out of this. He just decides he he just decides to shove Marshawn. So it's like well, what the hell, dude? Screw you! So he pushes back and then Mike just needed an excuse. He just wants an excuse to try, they just need an excuse to get Marshawn out the game. Because the only time Mike Evans ever had success in that game was when somebody else not named Marshawn Lattimore was on him. Because Marshawn has his number. Has his number? He can't do anything nowadays. He needed him out the game to have any sort of success. But then again, he he took he he took the self sacrifice. He's like, look, I need excuse. I'm gonna I'm gonna attack Marshawn because this is what the third time that he shoves Marshawn. He did that before in what 2017 when James was year. still in the Bucks. Like, he's just trying. They're just they need to get Marshawn out the game so that way Tom has any sort of but success. Here's, but here's the issue: Marshawn shouldn't have been taken out of the game. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't, but they always get the person who retaliates. They don't. They don't care about the instigator. They don't care about and what so happens first.
1: Mike Evans gets ejected as well as Marshawn Lattimore. As and, and again, as he should have. Mike Evans's third time doing this to Marshawn Lattimore. He's done it to others, but this is the third time that he's done it to Marshawn. What happens? Oh, one game. I know you're joking. The man's already been suspended one game for his actions multiple times already. How is this not a four-game suspension at minimum? He's a repeat offender that never learned his lesson. This further proves Saints Nation's case that the NFL is out to get them. The NFL is out to get the Saints, and the NFL will do whatever it takes to protect precious little Tom Brady. It, it drives me crazy. And now, and now that little measly one-game suspension, that week that week vacation that Mike Evans gets, he's appealing it. And so they're probably just going to make him do community service or something, but yet an autograph signing that he gets paid thousands of dollars for is going to count as a community service event. Such crap. Let's go to the hotline, 706-0111. What's up, Paul?
4: What's going on, my fellow Yankee? <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, bro, chiming in on this of uh, this game. This is my sense. okay. For one, can't blame Jameson about nothing. Not even those six. Drew Brees did the same thing. Another coach, I mean, uh, quarterback at one time, trying to come back and make something happen. And you're playing from behind in that time of frame of the game. So Winston, nah, nobody can blame him. This guy named Mark Ingram. Put huh. call him Superman. I call him Clark Kent because you know why he has been having that fumbling problem for a long time. He has costed a lot of people, costed a lot of games. It's one reason I've never wanted him back. or wanted him on the team, care for him when he was with Bama. If you ever watch him run, if the people want to tell say he got small hands and all of that, he ain't no Ricky Williams. His problem is watch how he runs. He's scared to get hit. That's his fumbling problem. He was. If you go back and watch that game, one on one with a defensive back, he stood high, waited, stopped, and waited for the dude to come wrap his arms around and tackle. We watch all his games. You see, he could kind of, have He could have slipped on and put his head down. Brand over. you know what I mean? Mugged it. but he doesn't. One of the he kind of went down, but he went down to run from the hit. This is this is marking a problem. He always had that problem. I don't know if no one ever noticed that. Okay. Now, when it comes to this brawl, let me tell you what this game and all of that was all about. We owned them. Tom Brady with the Buccaneers, is was 0-4, okay? Bruce Evans had no reason being down there. He also sent Evans in the game when they're off the sideline, I think, to do that the way he looked. Okay? Now, many people should have been ejected and not allowed more that self-defense. But this is what nobody's really talking about. When you look at, it's about Tom Brady's resume. On his resume, look at the quarterbacks he lost to fold. Twice to Eli, fast for last year. He was about to lose to James Winston. Can't have that on his resume. Lattimore already owned Evans. We owned the buck. They cheated by that, so they couldn't let us win that game. They couldn't, bro. You know what I mean? It's too good for the Saints of us winning that game. We crushed everybody all at once, all of those little people. The whole organization, so they wouldn't gonna let us do that to Don Brady, man, especially in another season game. At the end of the day, we beat ourselves too. Offensive line is not there, we got our coach. The coach ain't. I, I told you, I don't believe in that dude, then and then. I told you all the reasons why. Now, we got to play better. Winston shouldn't have been out there with no bad back. I got two bad lower this in my back, my brother. It's hard to do anything, and with him having that, everybody's talking about him running, then slide. No, it's hard to. Can't do it. Not with that. And you you really want to take another chance of getting even hurt, even worse. Remember what happened Thank last you. year. You know, so a lot of things happened in that game, but we got to look in the mirror first. The coach need to hold these guys accountable like Sean Payton would have done. You know, he can't be their friend. It's time for him to put his foot down and be a coach. Or he, he needs to go. That's how I feel. I didn't want him anyway. He's not the right guy for the job. You so s- that's just my take, my brother. i in this listening. Go Yankees.
1: Appreciate you, Paul.
2: He's saying Mark has a fumbling issue. In his career, he's played thirteen years. Twelve, he he's been he's been in the NFL since two thousand eleven. He's fumbled nineteen times. It's barely it's barely over a a fumble a year. I don't I don't understand how that's a fumbling issue. I mean that 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 happens.
1: You're not you're not perfect. I mean, I understand, but you, you, you have said yourself that society has become a "What have you done for me lately?" society. marking Ingram has fumbled in the last two games, and both times it's been on a scoring drive.
2: Well, society also expects the world in two seconds. That that's that's another issue. Is you're you're expecting a well-oiled machine? To to work at to work and just have a a, a, fl- a switch flipped, when, uh, well, when when did Drew become that guy? Please tell me. I didn't start watching till two thousand ten. I'll admit it. But that's because I'm twenty two. I was playing baseball and basketball. I didn't know about football yet. I was also playing soccer. I didn't know about football till, as the end of the Super Bowl was happening with that Tracy Porter pick six. I didn't know about football till then. Drew Brees was that guy to the two thousand nine season, but. Was he that guy – he was that guy in what, 2008 as the soonest? Yeah. 2006 it looked good, but stats weren't great. He wasn't that guy, that guy, you know what I mean? Elite top five. 2008? So what was that, the third third year? Yeah. Third year he was with the Saints? But Drew had three full years to work on that, to work with Sean Payton and work with Pete Carmichael and, and to be that guy? and and have a rapport with those same wide receivers that he had pretty much had since 2006
1: almost? I mean, you you say that Drew's numbers in 2006 weren't great. He finished second in the MVP voting. He had 4400 yards. They had made, they had made it to But
2: was was he like well known as like a top 5 guy after that first year? I
1: mean, he finished second in the MVP voting.
2: I don't know. I I just feel like he wasn't widely known. Oh, of course, when you're you're a Saints fan, but league-wide. He finished second in the MVP voting.
1: Okay. How can you be more wide-known than that? But I, I get your point. People need to be patient with Jameis, and I agree. Three picks. Not an easy way for people to get patient with you. Because, hey, when, when Drew threw three picks in a game, people let him hear it. It's the same thing. But again, I, I, I go back to the same point. Jameis should have never been on the field yesterday. And we all know it. Jameis knows it. The man is not right. And if he's not going to be healthy and he's not going to play at his best, then he needs to take a seat and let somebody else do it. Take a time out when we return. We will talk more about the Saints and Cajuns and get you set for Monday night football right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss. Take that! Productivity, productivity in the workplace. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: 546 here on a Monday. You're listening to the game. Matt Migas, James Mesh. So now, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the Saints. We've talked a lot about the Cajuns. We'll, we'll talk about LSU getting that 31-16 win over Mississippi State at Death Valley. This game was interesting, to, to say the least. It was uh, it was 13-0 at one point. Uh, Mississippi State was in the lead. LSU marched down the field. Two-minute offense got a touchdown to Jerray Jenkins. In the third quarter... Both teams exchanged field goals. So you were looking at a 16 to 10 game going into the fourth, and that's when LSU put it on ice. 21 straight points to win that game 31 to 16. It was one of the first times that it was one of the first times since 2012 that LSU scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter in a comeback win and the last time that they had scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter at all was against Texas in 2019. You look at the fourth quarter, Jaden Daniels had that three-yard touchdown run early in the quarter. Josh Williams had a seven-yard touchdown run eight minutes later to cap off a 14-play 85-yard drive. And then Armani Goodwin, a 47-yard run. Once again, LSU winning 31-16. to 16. Again, you, we talked about it, Jaden Daniels, was efficient. He ran the ball well. LSU's offensive line. This was the third different combination they'd put out there. This one by far worked the best. The biggest thing, though, was the defense. They just smothered Will Rogers. Sacked him four times. They stopped Mississippi State on fourth down three times because apparently Mississippi State doesn't like to punt. They they don't enjoy punting that that often. Um, they went for it on fourth down quite a bit. Uh, and LSU was able to stop them. You know, there was a couple times that they got burned, but, you know, that's going to happen when you're playing an A-rate offense. Uh, Jay Ward, 11 tackles in that game ceiling interception. He was phenomenal. Freshman linebacker Harold Perkins got in there for his sack. He was good. BJ O'Jolari back from injury against Southern. He had a sack and a half. Great game by, by those guys. LSU will host New Mexico this Saturday. Uh, that game will get ugly, and it'll get ugly quickly. Uh, Pre First kickoff, excuse me, at 6.30, pregame at 4.30, and you can hear all of it right here on the game. We will take one final timeout and finish up today's show on the other side. Right here on the game, it's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh, cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now Now, back back to more Crunch Time time. with Miguez and Mesh here on on the the game. game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Attention
1: sports fans. Your favorite sports book, BetUS.com, is back for its 28th year of NFL action. With the industry's biggest sign-up bonus of up to 200% BetUS offers their members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite leagues, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, and more. Also, hundreds of new casino games, including the coolest European slots with live dealers waiting for you at the tables. You need a sportsbook with integrity, you need a sportsbook with longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sportsbook that offers everything from live betting to the MMA, golf, horses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets. Call today, one 800 79 BetUS. That's 1-800-79-BET-US, and they'll walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives better bonuses than BetUS. Join now and mention KLWB to get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody beats that. Head to BetUS.com to join today. That's BetUS, where the games begin. All right, James. Got about four minutes left in today's show. Let's put yesterday's Saints game to bed. Give me your final thoughts to put a bow on it.
2: I mean, other than the defense, you got to work on everything. I I also didn't like. I I get it. Da had talked about how it was going to be a field position game. I get it because it's two good defenses. But to me. A big sign in that game was not kicking that fifty seven yarder right before halftime.
1: You think they should have kicked it.
2: Yeah. Because to me, it, it it's it's like a lot of people say and like how Billy Napier's famous for. Scared money don't make money.
1: You think you're, you think p- Lutz would have made it?
2: Yeah. To me, if you're if you're not kicking that situation, you don't have trust in your kicker. I don't care if it's fifty seven. He was banging sixty yards in preseason. And that was that was in weather. That was in actual weather. I don't care if it was clear skies or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I you've seen him. You've seen him make.
2: It. You've seen him make farther field goals in higher pressure situations. That's true. No, it's true. Why I mean, are you? Why aren't you kicking that? To me, that was a that was a scare tactic in my eyes. He could say, Da could say that it, it was a strategy. But to me, if that's your strategy, that's a scared strategy. It's a three nothing ball game. If you if you kick the field goal there and you make it. Not to mention, it's like cool if he misses. They got to go 15 20 yards in 20 seconds. You don't think your defense can lock up? Other than other than a couple of out of the blue plays with Mike Evans when Marshawn isn't on them it's not like they were doing a whole bunch right And it's like even then whether like even worst case situation they make the field goal it's a tie ball game it's not like you're out of it go for the gusto and show you have a pair
1: yeah I mean you're not wrong I definitely would have liked to see them go for the field goal uh, again, I, I think they just got too far away from what was working. There was there was a lot of telltale signs.
2: They ultimately took too many deep shots that weren't able to connect. I mean, they very easily could have, but they ultimately weren't able to. Ingram, you didn't. Ingram's fumble near the goal line that hurt. That was well, that was yeah, the that, that was. was the ultimate swing. The the fact that you didn't kick a field goal, the fact that you really didn't run much, and the fact that Taysom Hill only had. Three attempts running. He disappeared. What happened there? They just decided to pass the ball when it, the pass really wasn't working. They were only giving up stuff from two yards and closer to the line of scrimmage. Yeah,
1: you you got too far away from what was working. Um, which is unfortunate because I,
2: also to start the third quarter, which was another telltale sign. New Orleans was was winning by about three four minutes. Maybe even five. It, it was about that area. They they had about 18 minutes of time of possession. Tom and the Bucks they were leading possession by the end of the third quarter. Yep. Like, they, they just the, lost it. The defense
1: it. Stayed, out the f- stayed out on the field way too long, and that's when Tom Brady was able to attack them in the fourth when they were just exhausted. Run um, it with
2: more with Taysom. Yep. Give Tony a couple more opportunities. Hell, Dwayne was looking good at certain points. Give it to him.
1: We'll, we'll swing back and keep all the audio from today. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more tomorrow, as well as Brian Kelly, Michael Desermo, and McNeese head coach Gary Goff. I want to thank Wilson Alexander for joining us today. All our callers, thank you for, for helping us out. James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them, and we'll be back tomorrow for a To the Moon Tuesday with a very special National Guest joining us at 5.30 right here on The Game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Those Astros on News Talk 98.5.